Hi, we're the Rices. We've been married for 12 years. We have six kids from the ages of nine to zero, and we're full of passion to raise a household that serves and honors the Lord. And we want to encourage others to do the same. Hello and welcome to episode three of the Raising Rices podcast, where we are having a conversation today about what we call family Bible time. We want to share our heart and our experience with how we teach, study, and apply God's word to our lives as a family. Family Bible time is a huge conviction for our family, and Darren does such a great job leading it. So you're going to hear a lot of encouragement and words from him today. As parents... Our conviction is that we believe in the Bible. We believe that it is true and inerrant word of God and that we have a mandate to teach God's truth to our children. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verses 4 through 9 support this. And the central verse is verse 7 saying, You shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall speak of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. And this theme is also repeated in Deuteronomy chapter 11. So as we jump into the character traits that we want to be growing in this topic, the first one is leadership. And let me say this, it's the role of both parents to teach their children the Bible, to study the Bible together. And wives, if you are home with the kids during school time or breakfast before school and dad is away, or if it's in the midst midst of correcting kids, know that you should teach and you should lead. But I want to challenge you, men, fathers, it is so important that you take the time to prepare, step up, and lead in this area of teaching the Bible to your kids. Wives, we have such a critical role to support our husbands, and that is going to be found a lot of different ways. Like while he's teaching, and this is very funny because it's the first one that comes up and it's the one that I struggle with the most, but not to be overbearing during family Bible time. If we want our husbands to lead, if we want the father to be leading family Bible time and we're jumping in every second, then we are being overbearing. We are not letting him lead as he was designed to lead. Ephesians 5, 23, for the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is also the head of the church, he himself being the savior of the body. You guys, as husband and wives, you are an incredible team. Yeah. You're an incredible team together. And there is a huge role for the wife to support and to encourage the husband and the father to lead in this area. But it takes, as you mentioned, Marissa, not being overbearing during the action of the family Bible time. What does it make you feel like when I have been in the past overbearing? Well, I think it's easy to just feel like there's not a reason for you to be there. Like, well, if you're going to teach it and correct everything that I say or or have a better story about whatever it is, (laughs) then okay, (laughs) whatever. Because as men, I think our our sinful draw is towards passivity, right? Mm-hmm. We, it's it's just from Adam in the garden, he didn't step up and lead. He was passive and he blamed Eve for the problem. And so as men, we God designed us as 
men to lead and wives to be encouraging to their husbands. And so when that's working really well together, then I think nothing is more powerful. But it's so easy for men to slip into being passive if the wife is being overbearing or trying to take over the leadership role. And it's okay. Like in our family Bible time, um, it's okay for the wife to speak. Oh, We're yeah. not saying don't speak. Right. But we need to make sure that we are careful to be that encouraging role so that our husband can lead. You are not... We're not asking wives to be in silence. We're asking them actually to do the harder job of being the encourager. The second character trait I view as twofold, um, and it is order. It takes development of order and self-control to build a time where the family is focused together to read and talk about the Word of God, and it it is uh, needed to have order during the family Bible time. So I'm going to talk about what that means, having order during the family Bible time. And then Darren's going to talk about like what it ne- is needed to create and build a time. So during a family Bible time, as you can imagine how much chaos there would be if there was not order, um, if all of the kids were talking, if they were playing, if they were not listening and heeding the words of dad when he is teaching us. So it does need a character trait of order while we are collectively participating in the family Bible time. And wives, this is a way especially that is tremendously helpful as a husband leading the time if the wife strongly supports the order. So if I'm trying to teach a passage and engage and and have questions and conversation and answer the kids' questions, if I'm also correcting and disciplining and trying to get, you know, one, one kid to sit down and the other kid to raise their hand and not interrupt the third kid who had the question, then... It, it becomes exceptionally chaotic. Yes. And so that order in that sense is very helpful. The second element of order is that you have to order your life. You have to order your life around the word. And that meaning find the time, sit down with your spouse, look at your day, find the time that seems like the most likely time that you can carve out purposeful time as a family together to submit yourself to the word make sure that uh, for for us it's, it's been in the morning it's been at night it's been breakfast but whatever it is there's there's different times in different seasons but building that time is important and then secondly doing a little preparation it it takes a little intentionality to prepare and know what it is that you're going to teach. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that later. The third character trait, though, that we want to make sure that we're growing in a fa- as growing in as a family is submission. It's an opportunity for us as fathers, the mothers, as parents, as husbands and wives to lead our children in submitting to the word of God together. And James chapter 1, verses 20 through 25, I think is just been very impactful passage um, for me this year, talking about how if we look 
at the word and we read the word and we don't use it to reflect on our own life and we forget, then we're not applying it at all. It's completely useless. So I encourage you, go read James chapter 1, verses 21 through 25, and just be encouraged to submit yourself to the word of God and then lead your family in that. And then our last character trait that is super important when it comes to family Bible time is stewardship. We must steward and prioritize time to study the word together. It takes intentionality to make the time to prioritize getting together and studying as a family. It is so easy for it to be the first thing to go. You're tired and it's in the evening and so we're, you know, we just want to veg out. Let's just not do family Bible time tonight. Or there could be really good things in your life. Oh, we mm -hmm. have Awanas. We have home group. We have Bible study for the men and Bible study for the women. You know, there's, there's so much good. There's so much good out there. But if we let that overtake our character trait of stewardship, then we can run the risk of losing out on such a huge a priority of intentionality that needs to be made with our family. Yeah, and in what you're saying, I would actually challenge you guys that our conviction would also be that a family Bible time together would be more important than those individualized, targeted, um, segregated studies and yeah. events that churches may put on. Now, that's not saying those events are bad. Like, we participate in a lot of those. But... If you're doing those at the expense of family Bible time together and that time being led um, by the husband or in the family, that that is more important in the discipleship of your children's hearts. So here's the challenges that mm -hmm. stand in our way and the challenges that I'm going to bet stand in your way too. And the first one goes right along with that. It's making the time. It's so easy to pick something else and not make the time to study the word together. But Titus chapter 2 verses 11 through 13 says, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all, instructing us that is denying ungodliness and worldly desires, we should live sensibly, righteously, and godly in the present age looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Nothing should be more important than taking the time to study the Word of God together as a family. And listen, making the time, this is um, a, a practical piece that I just want to point mm -hmm. out. The making the time can look different for different families. We mentioned already about the time of day. In fact, our family used to do family Bible time in the evening. And because of Darren's job, we were able now to do that in the morning at breakfast together. And we love that. We love starting the day together in the Word. But when we couldn't do it in the morning because he was going into a job, we um, did it in the evening. So picking the time that works, that works for the whole family. Also picking the length that's appropriate for your mm -hmm. family um, and your family season. Maybe that means um, it changes. 
Like uh, when we had younger kids, our family Bible time literally was only like 15 minutes long. Now, as our kids have gotten older, we said that our oldest is nine. We still have young ones, but because of their capacity has grown, so has our capacity to have family Bible time lengthen. You know, now we can do it for 45 minutes. We could keep going, but we have to kind of cut it off at some point to get on with our day. Um, But so the time can change and it can grow and it can develop. So as an encouragement, if you're starting off, you can start small. You know, you can start and then build as the capacity for listening and studying builds as well. Yeah. The next challenge that I know that we've faced at times is feeling unqualified or unprepared and not knowing where to start. And there are tons of great studies and devotionals out there. And so I would encourage you to, if if having a guideline is what feels comfortable to you, find something that emphasizes studying a scripture or studying a scripture passage. Um, there's a lot of studies out there that like that are family oriented or kid oriented studies that tell a story and then kind of cherry pick a verse at the end to support a moralistic idea out of the story and they are teaching biblical principles but I would pick something if you can that studies a passage or studies a scripture Um, the thing that we have really found fruitful recently is that we are just picking a book of the Bible and we're using the scripture as the primary text and we're just reading through whether it's verse by verse or chapter by chapter seeking to understand the passage and apply it to life as we go. So we're going to have a free resource for you guys. If you go to RaisingRices.com, we have put together a template that is what we use for our family Bible time, and it has questions to consider as you prepare for your family Bible time where you can lead and read the Bible together. Also... As feeling of unqualified or unprepared, I have to tell you, in the beginning, we did not know what we were doing. We weren't, no no one modeled this for us, for example. Like, we heard people talk about having a family Bible time, and we started asking questions. And so, we also are a resource for you if you have questions. Um, We are also putting together a YouTube, which will include um, on our Raising Races page. If you just need to physically see yeah. what it looks like to have a family Bible time. In fact, we have really dear friends, the Huffendix, that when we first met them, they like invited us over yeah. for their family Bible time. And it was so beneficial to us to see and their kids were older, so we could like see what the future would look like yeah. if we started. And so that would be an encouragement. Don't wait. Start now. Yeah, and because now... I feel like we see the fruit of starting early. And let me tell you, as a parent, that's one of the most encouraging things is seeing your kids engaged in the text, asking questions, seeking to understand, being able to reflect back biblical principles to you. It's making connections. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So many good. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's, it's been really, really encouraging. And it kind of, it just, builds when you see the fruit then it just builds the encouragement to keep going and keep pressing deeper but it is challenging to kind of 
know where to start or to get your feet off the ground. Yeah. And if and here's a side note too, if I know a passage is coming or a concept is coming that I find really challenging to understand or I'm not sure I have a theological grasp on and I'm worried about the level of questions that my kids are going to ask me or my kids asked me a question that yeah. stumps me. Um, I would encourage there's so many good resources out there from really great biblical expositors, um, whether it's a commentary by somebody like Matthew Henry or it's a sermon from somebody like John MacArthur or Steve Lawson. Like there's people out there who have you can go listen to an hour on every verse out of James. The resources are out there to go as deep as you want. So use the family Bible time as a catalyst to catapult your own faith, your own understanding deeper so that you can then in turn teach those things to your kids. The next challenge that we've talked about a little bit already is just the physical element. And we have noted that it's so helpful if moms help with this, especially during the discussion during the Bible time, but it's that physical element. What do we do? to set ourselves up for success. And I mean, it's been everything from make sure everybody drinks, everybody <laughs> uses the bathroom, everybody's got their Bible, everybody's got a spot to sit. And and sometimes my patience meter like starts dwindling quickly. I'm like, let's let's come together. But if we have an expectation and we practice coming together, then it happens quicker and quicker and you can really set yourself up for a good time without interruptions yeah as few interruptions as, few. <laughs> as possible and can we just say that get your kids a bible each of them oh yeah get each of them a bible and even if they can't read yet um it's just they that practice it. that practice of awareness of scripture how it's oriented mm -hmm. you know in books and chapters and verses those things aren't in you know um, innate. They have to be taught. So grab your kid a Bible, even if they're two, they still can participate. And I think one thing to jump on that, yeah. that we did early on or early, early on in our parenting is we bought our kids like a, a international children's Bible or some child friendly translation of the Bible. But our kids have really come to treasure once they learn how to read, especially like whatever text that you're reading out of. Yeah. So if you're an ESV reader or you're an NIV reader or whatever it is, like especially once they're getting close to that learning to read age, like get them the text that you're reading from. It really helps them to follow along in their own Bible. Yeah, because I mean, just a side note, how confusing was it for our kids yeah. when Darren would read, you know, and they're trying to follow along and they're like, what? Mine doesn't say that. You right, know? yeah, I'm reading ESV and they're, following along in their children's, international children's yeah. Bible. And they're like, it does not say that. Why does it say something different? Well, then you have a whole conversation about <laughs> translations and everything else. But so don't let that be a, a distractor. We've learned that one yeah. from experience. The last challenge is one actually we just got hit with the <laughs> other day. And so we wanted to share it with you. And that's meeting your, your child's, your kid's spiritual maturity and curiosity where they are. <clears throat> we were reading in First Samuel and... Um, um, Darren was doing a great job and he was just reading along. And in the beginning of it, it talked about um, Saul sleeping on the rooftops. Yeah, so there's this really impactful story where Saul is out seeking his donkeys that are his dad's and 
he goes to the city to where he has heard Samuel is and he wants to meet him. And then, but there's all in God's providence that God has told Samuel that Saul is going to come and he's going to anoint Saul as the future king of Israel, but Saul has no idea. And this is really impactful story of like God sovereignly moving and calling people like I'm like, this is a great yeah. passage. Darren is this passionate too. Yeah. He's just like talking. He's so excited. And Noah, our sweet little Noah, he's like, why is he sleeping on the rooftops? I'm just like going to lose my mind <laughs> almost. I'm like, this is, that doesn't matter. That, And and it it did though. But it, it did matter because it was the distracting factor of the story to my son. And it was a great opportunity that where Marissa was a supportive and biblical wife to say, Noah has a question that's distracting him. And while it might not be the main point of the story, let's address the question. And because there's so much things in the Bible that maybe are not the same cultural things today. Right. And so once they learn the biblical language or the biblical history, yeah. then those things don't become distracting anymore. And then you can focus more on the heart issue of the passage. Yeah. So as a, as an, as an expositor or as a teacher, I wanted to jump to the main points of the passage and my my kids because of their spiritual maturity and and the low the low level that it's at still they were still hung up on the details of the story and so just be aware i think of where your kids are at and so then since then Uh i've like re-reminded myself to like slow it down a little be aware of where they're at make sure you're answering their questions and explaining things as they go even if it's not the main point, it might even be your opportunity to answer their question and then teach them that it isn't the main point. Yeah. But uh, it's it's all forming their spiritual understanding. So be encouraged to slow down and to, you know, treasure those small conversations. So if there's anything that we have imparted to you today, it's this, hopefully. Study the word together. Teach your children. It's so important. And men, I challenge you specifically, lead as the spiritual head of your household. It takes preparation. It takes stewardship. It takes intentionality. But the fruit in your life and in the lives of your children is totally worth it. So be encouraged in that today. As always, you can follow us. I'm at Lead Your Family on Instagram. And she is at Raising Rices. You can like and subscribe, comment on this podcast, message us anytime, and we will look forward to talking again next week.